Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lori Ann Rising. And today, we're really excited about today's show. First, we're talking with a child care professional about how we can help children during these unprecedented times. Then we're welcoming back our resident author marketing expert for part three in our series on being a successful author. Our first guest, Ariana Harris, is a mom with over a decade of experience as a child care professional and over a decade of experience as co-director in a Waldorf-inspired school. She's now, like many of us, in transition to take her background and use it to help parents create a new normal that serves children and our future. Her mission is to help raise a generation of children who deeply know their inherent worth and how to shine their inner light. Mm, welcome, welcome, Ariana. Oh, man, I love that mission. That is so perfect. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, I'm honored you. to be here. Well, it is really? so awesome to have you here. And okay, yes, I just want to read that last line of your, your, your mission is, her mission is to help raise a generation of children who deeply know their inherent worth and how to shine their inner light. And oh, that is music to my ears. How do you do that? What's the plan? <laughs> Let me in on it. Can you just imagine a world if we all shine, shone our light, shined our light? Shined our light? <laughs> shined our light all the time. If we were all brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I want to go there. I courage to do that. I think it's about time. I think it's, I think we're on. I think the, the stage is set. So, okay. So what's your plan? You know, I think that it comes from us. The desire for children to be able to shine their light really comes from my desire to shine my own light. And living the, the 30 years that I've lived so far and this journey to discovering or reconnecting with my own light and the desire to shine and knowing that it's not always easy because of trauma and circumstances and pandemics and just toss, you know, whatever, you know, little, little things right. come up. And, right. 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 And I just think it would be magic. It's magical to be able to shine your light and children have this ability to already. So just fostering that and not doctrinating them with not shining which wow. I think that we kind of tend to do in our culture with the reliance on validation from external situations or people and, and losing touch with our own worthiness and our own connection with our, with our light and our joy. So you're sounding like, okay, like we already know what's needed, just basically get out of the way kind of thing or, or get out yeah. of our own way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you look at children and how they connect with each other and how they play and how they are so able to be authentic and, and so deeply know what they want and what they need in any given moment. Mm. As we grow up, we lose touch with that. We, we have relationship dynamics or situations that affect us that we kind of carry on with us and cloud our experience and mm. being able to push through that and reconnect with our own sense of authenticity and light and our own light and be able to shine that. I'm really curious because um, 
there's this way in which I'm really sensitive to the balance between, okay, I have to socialize my child in a certain way. And yet sometimes in the act of socializing, it sort of inadvertently dims down their light. And so how do we help kids navigate these things or to help them develop emotional intelligence in that balance somewhere? Does that make sense? It does. I think that modeling as parents is really big. When we model a strong sense of healthy boundaries, not just with our children, but in all of our relationships, when our children see us standing up for ourselves saying, that's not okay with me, or this isn't working, they understand that they have the right to do that too. When we are modeling our own emotional intelligence and talking about our feelings and how they affect us, our children feel like they have the space to do the same. Mm. And then it's on us to allow them to have that space and to be supportive and present for them, which isn't always easy or convenient at all. <laughs> no, but, it's, it's hard. But it's so important. It is mm. so hard. And I mean, here's a story. The other day I was in a funk for whatever reason, things were on my mind, uh, feelings. I was having feelings that weren't addressed because it's just not always easy to like pinpoint what's going on, you know? we were in this transition moment of get trying to get out the door. I think we were going to go to the store and my daughter, who's almost five, she'll be five at the end of May. She said in like kind of just the, the chaos in a moment, she's like, why are you being mean to me? Mm. It stopped me in my tracks. I was like, Whoa, hold the phone for myself. Like, Whoa, 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 hold on. First of all, I was so freaking proud of her. Can I say that? Mm. So proud of her Mm. for saying that, for telling Mm -hmm. me like, you're being mean to me. And it wasn't, it was so uncalled for, for me to be talking to her that way. And I don't know that I was really being mean, but I was being snappy and short and not patient at all. There was Mm -hmm. no patience happening. And I, and I stopped, I got down on her level and I said, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that to me. I am so sorry. You didn't deserve that. I'm being impatient because I have other things going on in my experience right now. That's the kind of thing that I think is really important to know that there's the space for you to speak up and say, whoa, this isn't okay. Or why are you doing this? And then to take responsibility for it as the parent, because I don't really want my kid thinking that she deserves that kind of behavior from other people. Wow. And this is so perfect because I'm, I'm just, my mantra is around uh, Bruce Lipton's quote or conversation that he was having about how how kids up to the age of seven are like sponges that, that they just they and they actually don't need to be taught anything because they're just like mm. constant recording you're constantly recording everything that happens yeah and it and it's all going directly into like brain programming I mean subconscious yeah, they're subconscious time, yeah like permanent Hard the, the hard drive, yeah. It's it's, it's this is programming the hard drive, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that, yeah. so it's so when you're 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 saying these kinds of things, it's like, okay, that is a perfect example of one of the things you want in that hard drive, that that you want the the child to be able to stand up for themselves and defend themselves yeah. and say, hey, no, this is not okay with me. What's going on here? Explain yourself, but please, you know. And so right ah. with that curiosity of like, what's going on? Right. Why? Right. Why are you right. doing that? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And that, that takes, that takes a lot, I think, you know, and says a lot about you as a human being to be that aware and that open and there, you know, at least for maybe other generations and probably even still, there's this, I want to say underlying belief that we as parents have to be authoritative or stoic or some of those things. And so we have to relearn what our parents did. We have to change that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now on top of all of those adjustments we're trying to make as parents, we now are in this highly stressful, difficult time period in global just social interactions and connections anyway. And so Mm -hmm. how how can we help our kids in some way maybe reduce some of the long-term effects of what the stressful traumatic time period is for them? Oh, I wish that there was a surefire way to protect children, the children from trauma and this effects of, I mean, it's just impossible to know how this past year is going to affect all of us, let alone our children. I read a book called Permission to Feel by Dr. Mark Mark Brackett earlier Mm. this year, or I guess now it's last year. I keep forgetting that we're in 2021. (laughs) Um, And that helped me put into perspective how important my own emotional intelligence and awareness is. I've always known that that was really crucial for my own ability to shine my own light because without that connection to my own inner stuff that's going on, I, I, there's no way I can authentically present, represent myself. I just don't really believe that. Reading that book helped me to label my emotions better. And so then I've been able to express them more and allow my daughter to be in earshot of my expression of emotion. She's not always a part of the conversation. Sometimes it's me talking to my partner or expressing frustration about something. And, um, you know, in that expression, not blaming the other person for what I'm feeling because my feelings are my feelings and nobody can make me feel a certain way. I Mm. am the one who feels my feelings. Mm -hmm. I might be impacted by another person, but me feeling frustration is, is my own doing. And it's my responsibility to work through it and not let it get big, bigger. I think the big thing is just talking about our feelings and talking about the unknowns and being vulnerable with our kids. I, I think we could probably talk for the rest of the conversation on just that point about being responsible for our own feelings and, and, and when we're the, the, the tendency. And I think the, the education that we have in this country and this culture to to say that, oh, this made me feel that way, or what you did made me feel this way. So why do you do things like that that make me feel that way? Why do you do things like that that make some, it's like, it's, it's so, we don't even think about it. It is like Mm -hmm. our, our culture, our lives, our, our world seems to be programmed and running on this, this idea that we are just blowing in whatever wind we happen to be walking through. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, whoever says whatever has just made me do this. And it's like, I have nothing whatsoever to do with it. And we've been, and, and we are now what I think the the real crux of this for me is coming down to, we're at a crossroads where we've got to figure out how to stop this, this pattern um, of, 
of re-educating the next generation into perpetuating this blame game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and I think well, you were just I, touching I on it there. And I, I, maybe going to jump in and play a little bit of devil's advocates, because I think on one hand, what you're saying is absolutely true. And I think to some degree, that's the extreme of one end because we are impacted by others. And so if we are, mm-hmm. and maybe it comes down to if we're not willing to speak up or the other person is not willing to hear us, then it's like, well, but now I'm taking full responsibility for somebody else's irresponsibility in their words. And so there, there becomes, you know, okay, where is again, that balance between, okay, yes, I am responsible for my own emotions and how something lands. And when I'm bringing it up, if the other person is telling me, oh, well, that's your responsibility and not mine. Well, hold on. You know, there is responsibility in what was said as well, because we impact each other. So it's mm-hmm. like we almost have to figure out how to relanguage or make up new words or expand what they mean somehow. And I. So, Ariana, I what's, the, what's the answer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if I knew, man, I'm <laughs> But I, no, I completely agree with you, Lori, though, about it, there has to be a balance. And I think that a big part of having that balance is understanding our own emotions and our own feelings. Without that understanding, there's, so, there's no clarity in why I felt the way I felt in response to a situation or a conversation or someone's behavior. Mm-hmm. Because I am in, I am highly impacted by my environment as all of, as all of us are, but without the clarity and the understanding of my own experience, I I have no ability to have boundaries and make boundaries in those situations. Because it, it you're right, like I I have been a person who has just taken the the responsibility and the blame or not communicated a boundary in a situation that didn't feel good because, because of my knowing that I'm responsible for my feelings. I've let, I've lived in that, like what Mark was saying, taking complete responsibility for my feelings, but not, not acknowledging the other piece of it, which is the other person, like it takes two to tango, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not alone in the situation. And it's really hard to navigate that balance. And I'm Mm -hmm. still learning. I'm still figuring it out. But what I do know is that if I acknowledge a feeling I'm having when it's little, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. I just stop it in its tracks. And I I don't let it have the opportunity to get bigger and bigger and bigger, Mm. which gets more convoluted and added things. And then it affects Mm -hmm. my entire mood and the lens that I'm looking at the world through. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a feeling that's unresolved, about a situation or about a person, you're going to just see more of that in that person mm. or in yeah. those, when you interact with that when it's, person. If it's unresolved, if it's, if, if it's, it's unresolved or right. not acknowledged. Right. And you're saying this book that you were reading is, was a good uh, a reference to how to navigate this pool yeah. that we're swimming in. So, so Dr. Mark Brackett in, in this book, the, the, the in first cover inside of the cover is uh-huh. this big chart of emotions. He breaks it down as the ruler. So first is recognizing, then understanding, labeling, explaining, and I can't remember the last one. I uh-huh. hey. wish that I was more remembering, but the main thing is recognizing and understanding. Like that's where my focus has been. Recognizing that emotion just came up, understanding mm-hmm. what I'm feeling, where, where, 
energy level, good mm-hmm. level feeling, negative okay. or positive, and then labeling it. And in the labeling, it just takes away so much of the power of letting it build and escalate and get out of control. So it sounds cool. to me, and I, you know, in terms of teaching kids emotional intelligence, this mm-hmm. is a skill we <laughs> need to build and it, it starts from within. And I'm curious, you know, then the other side of that is also how we build empathy for others, because that's the other side of recognizing the impact I just had on somebody else yeah. is the empathy. The so it's almost like it. those are the two sides maybe of that coin is the self-responsibility and the empathy, which I would say the vast majority of our Western culture has been deeply lacking in for way too long, both of those pieces. So Mm -hmm. would you say those are things that also help with that long-term stress or potential, you know, ways of reducing trauma for kids too? I mean, I know you've been working with your daughter, you, you know, earlier last year, you, you were talking about ways in which you were still working in the the child care a little bit online, trying to provide tools mm-hmm. and things for kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you did? I mean, beyond, you know, I know we've talked a lot about emotional intelligence, but I know there's some other tips and other things that can be done. Yeah. Too. So the empathy thing is huge. With our preschool that I helped build and create nearly 10 years ago, we started it. It's a Waldorf inspired preschool along with various other, I don't know, best practices is what we always kind of tease. Um, But our main focus has always been the social and emotional foundation for children, which means navigating relationships, teaching that empathy and ability to be on every, in every dynamic of a relationship. Like, you know, sometimes we do something that somebody doesn't like and then being able to recognize in the other person's face or behavior that that wasn't okay for them. Hmm. And then, and then checking in or acknowledging, Oh, "Oh, they didn't like that. Are you okay? Or, you know, not jumping to, I'm sorry right away, Uh but asking, giving them the opportunity to say something if it didn't work or if they didn't like it. But then the other side of it is having something done to us that we don't like, and then getting the opportunity to say, I don't like that. Please stop. Or witnessing something across the room between two other people and then deciding whether like that's something that we should go tell a teacher to ask for help or to step in and, and help support our peers. There's so many different ways that we show up in our interactions with relationships. And so giving the children in this small in-home setting with, you know, we wouldn't have more than 15 children in a group that, on a day giving them the language and the tools to navigate those conflicts and dynamics of relationships and like getting on their level and being like, look, I see, you know, you just knocked over their blocks. Look at her face right now. Did she like that? Did that feel good for her? Was that kind? And then giving them the opportunity to like reflect and talk about it and then be accountable for their mistake. I'm sorry that I did that. Are you okay? And I always, I always like to have the children say what they'll do differently next time. Next time I will, what will you do differently next time? The three kind of umbrella questions or guidelines that we followed at preschool are be kind, be safe, be a helper. Mm -hmm. And those were things that we'd kind of like say them as a group, as a mantra, as part of circle time. I can be safe. I can be kind. I can be a helper. Mm -hmm. And then we say, I am safe. I am kind. And I am a helper. 
Mm-hmm. And then zing, zing, ding, ding it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. I did too. I love it. Oh, the children cool. always love it. Zzz, ding. Um, <laughs> touching but, you know, checking, for our audience that's touching those. your chest with your touching fingers your as you go oh, ding yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> spiraling your fingers spiraling the fingers and then, and 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 then touching uh, your chest going ding having that that's having good. those consistent consistent three things to check in on like are you being safe right now are you being was that mm-hmm. a kind choice and mm-hmm. then and then having it be a conversation like what are the ways that we can be safe with each other and then give the children the opportunity to talk about it and reflect on that and give examples. Nice. And then also redirecting, like it's time for you to make a safer choice or it's Mm. time for you to make a help more helpful choice right now and kind of putting it in their hands and letting Mm. them make that decision and take ownership for their, for their bodies. The other thing is I believe that children have this inherent understanding and knowing of, of the virtues that we use in our language. And because of that, we incorporated the virtues into our language at preschool a lot. And each month we would focus on a different virtue. So every September, when we come back to school after the summer and there's inevitably new children, we would talk about courage and mm. courage is doing something even when we feel scared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it's not always easy to come to some of the other ones. Um, respect, kindness, Patience, responsibility, mm. accountability, independence, mm. cooperation. Oh, and this is music. This is music. This is like, <laughs> we, we have songs to write. I, I'm serious. I'm so looking forward to more, more working together. And we are so getting close to our time frame. Um, what was the name of that book again? Permission to Feel. Permission to Feel. Okay. By Dr. Mark Brackett. And what other kinds of resources would you recommend? Well, I highly recommend this book that my friend Mark Olmsted wrote called Oh my. The Littlest Sunbeam. The, 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 the adventures, adventure. adventures of the True Sunbeam. The Adventures yeah. of the True yeah, Sunbeam. Right. You Sunbeam. Right. quoted your book. That's good. No, it's <laughs> Which hey. I will just say when I when I reconnected with that book and you mark this last year I was just kind of shocked by how perfectly in alignment with what I was wanting to create for my daughter and the children that I've helped Mm. raise and care for over the years because really like for a child for them to have that practice of finding a place in their day that felt Mm. really good for them or they felt really proud of or and to like end your day with thinking about thinking about something you're proud of or something that was Mm a struggle that you pushed through and made it through. And I really value my, my conversations with my daughter before bed every night, I make an effort to just lay there for an extra five minutes with her and talk about it and make sure that her love cup is filled and Mm. give her lots of kisses and snuggles and talk about it and give her the space to talk about anything that, that she wants to talk about. That's beautiful. So how, how might people connect with you as well? Well, I am working on how, on which platform I'm going to move forward with. Right now, my YouTube channel is a work in progress. There's a few videos of my music on there from over the last couple of years. I think that's the best way for people to connect. I am on social media, but that's more of a personal thing. So the YouTube address. My name is Ariana Harris on there. Okay. 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 We'll add the link and stuff as well on our website and and where we post it. And so... Well, thank you, Ariana, for joining us today and being a part of what I feel is just basically an introduction to the subject. And I'm really looking forward to 
future episodes, we can have you back on and continue this conversation. But for now, we need to take a short break. And when we return, we're welcoming back author marketing specialist and successful author himself, Lawrence O'Brien, for part three of our three-part series. Thank you so much, Ariana, for everything, Ariana. Definitely. And coming up after the break, we have one of Mark's originals called Story of Love. And I love hearing the inspiration for that. I want you to share it real quick. Okay. Well, John Denver was, of course, my biggest musical influence. And this, this was going to be the first song of my first CD. And I wanted to try to sum up my musical mission, you know, as kind of an introduction to the CD. And I figured that here at the, you know, dawn of a new age, being the Aquarian age we're in now and, and uh, the beginning of a new year, I thought this was a, an appropriate time to, for this song. So. Wonderful. So we're going to hear Story of Love right All after right. this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's best indie book award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, Learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose, And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. In the garden where I sow tomorrow's seeds, for the soil tends to harden and it's good at growing weeds. As long as I remember to take care of what I sow with a little love and God's revealing what can grow Welcome to my day Here until tomorrow Sharing all my dreams My laughter and my sorrow Welcome to my night I'm so glad you came along You inspire a story of love Welcome to my song Welcome 
changing seasons That are here to guide my way I've come to know the reasons why I live through yesterday Harvesting the moment For the song I'm here to play Choosing what will grow tomorrow By the seeds I sow today Welcome to my day Here until tomorrow Sharing all my dreams My laughter and my sorrow Welcome to my night Oh, I'm so glad you came You inspire a story of love Welcome to my song Living out this story of love I love you in my song Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine. And that was one of Mark's originals called Story of Love. You can download it as a single or check out the entire Star Child album on his website at truesunbeam.com. Our next guest is back again for part three of a three-part series we're doing on being a successful author. Lawrence O'Brien has had three novels published by HarperCollins. One has been optioned twice to become a movie, and his work has been translated into 10 other languages. His first novel, The Istanbul Puzzle, was shortlisted for Irish Crime Novel of the Year and won the Southern California Writers Conference Grand Prize. He self-published Social Media is Dynamite for Writers, two additional novels in the puzzle series, and three novels in a series set in the late Roman Empire, starting with The Sign of the Blood, about the first Christian emperor. His new thriller series is set in the pandemic. Lawrence also founded the International Dublin Writers Festival and Books Go Social, to help writers connect with readers. He's been a busy guy. <laughs> so, welcome, welcome back, back Lawrence. Lawrence. Great to have you back. Hi. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back here. Oh. And hello, everybody listening. Absolutely wonderful to have you back, man. Uh, yeah, you know, our, our first conversation in this series in November was about the writing process itself. And part two in December was about marketing. And today we're really excited to focus on writing as an aspect of healthy living. So first of all, really curious, when we talk about writing in relation to health, what does that really mean? I think it's really important uh, writing for health because writing gave me a purpose in life. And purpose for me meant a way to believe in myself, a way to believe that I could make a difference in the world, that my life was going to provide something and that I could create something. I got really bored with the corporate life I was living 20 years ago, really bored with the rat race. You know, every year you start in January and you've got the same targets. I was in sales. Every year you've got to get up there and do great again. 
and it didn't seem to have created anything. So uh, writing gave me a real sense of purpose. And later on, I'd been reading these statistics, and I just saw one recently, which said that people live longer when they have a sense of purpose. So that means if you retire or you're just living your life and you don't have a real sense of purpose, what am I doing? You know, I've got to keep going. If you don't have a sense of purpose, you simply die younger. So for me, it's about that's about health. And it's a weird connection between our mind and our body and our health. So a sense of purpose for writing is, now there's many types of writing. So I'm not saying it has to be writing novels, writing any type of books. It could be journaling. It could be writing plays. It could be any other aspect of writing. So that they give us something that'll provide us with that feeling of, a reason to get up in the morning. There's a reason I'm doing things, a reason to finish work early, a reason to get up earlier and push myself a little bit to work a bit harder, to, to, to move something forward. I'm working on this project. And it can take time to become a better writer. You have to learn it. It's like a craft. You wouldn't expect to pick up paintbrushes and be able to paint a wonderful picture on the first day. You say, okay, I'm going to learn the craft. I'm going to learn about the colors and the paintbrushes and the different types of paints. And it's the same thing with writing, learning about dialogue and learning about how to structure a book of whatever type or do your journaling. You've got to learn the structure of things. So once you, once you get involved in the process and then you find, okay, I'm going to write a story, perhaps, you know, something about my grandparents who came over in the gold rush or they they were involved in whatever they were involved in or about a cousin who did this or an aunt who did that or some story about villains in space that i'd like to write it better than star wars or star trek but i've got an idea for something that's even better than that and the nice thing about writing is you never know what's going to happen right if you finished a story <laughs> And, you know, somebody could in the future could read it and say, OK, let's make that into a TV series. You know, what a wonderful idea. Or let's I want your journaling about the gold rush. You know, I want your journal mm -hmm. to go into a local museum or whatever. So there's lots of different opportunities and it gives us a voice. So that for me, the healthy aspect is proven. They've done this before about music, that music helps people in all sorts of difficult situations that it can improve your health listening to music. And I firmly believe that writing is a similar thing. It can improve your health, first of all, by giving you a purpose and getting you sitting down at the table, doing some writing and giving you Sometimes this can be your secret purpose, which is really nice, that you don't have to tell anyone in your family. You just have your journal and you tell people, you, you write down, and you tell people as little about it as you want. You don't have to tell anybody, but this is your secret purpose that you can have. Now, if you want, you can tell everybody, but at the beginning, it's often something where you're afraid. You think, oh, my family might say something. I think you're crazy or whatever. I mm -hmm. had people say to me, oh, he's just a dreamer. You know, they said to my wife, oh, you're... Your husband's just a dreamer, okay? You know, he's never going to get published. And then 
you know, I did get published. So that proved them wrong. And the most important important thing, you don't have to be that talented. I've got to tell you straight, because I'm not that talented. The only thing you have to be is the one that doesn't give up, right? Mm. You all know this, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to be... Yeah. As as an author coach, that is the one thing that I remind my clients all the time. So many of them show up and say, oh, but I'm not a writer, but I have this idea for a book. And I'm like, you know what? Great writing isn't in the writing. It's in the editing. Mm. I mean, if we if any of us really saw like Mark Twain's first draft of his first book, we probably wouldn't recognize him as a great author, you know? So it's sure. all the preliminary stuff that goes into that for sure. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I just, I really love what you said about the, your, the way I word it is your why, you know, why you get out of bed in the morning. What, what keeps, what, what's the purpose for your life? And, and I just seen that so clearly, vividly reflected in what's going on for me with, with the true sunbeam and this, this children's book that it's, it's just the, it's, it's a, it's my kid, you know, I mean, it's like, it's growing up. It's, it's getting, it's getting a life of its own. And, and we're just, it's just amazing to see how this, um, how this is affecting my view of what I might be able to contribute to kids around the world. And, and, and I just feel so good about, about, you know, the work that I'm doing with that, you know, in the, and the, the the healthy aspect of that is just, it's obvious. It's it's exactly what you're saying. And journaling I know has helped me tremendously through incredible grief and incredible transitions in my life. Mm -hmm. It has really been an outlet that sometimes kind of saved my sanity in many ways. And I know I'm curious, not everybody really thinks of themselves as a writer and so is that something then that they can even reap some benefits from? How, how might it apply to somebody who's like, oh, I'm not a writer, I'm not an author, and don't really want to write a book, but, you know, maybe I'll, I'll try this kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's very common it's, uh, that people, it's called the imposter syndrome, you know, that you're not something that you couldn't be a writer. It's impossible to be that thing. And it's all of this thing about taking a journey and, you know, making the first step. It's to try something. And a diary or a journal is a great way to start. This could be about poetry. It could be writing something very short. It could be about expressing how you feel, just writing one page, a half a page, expressing how you feel about something, putting it down on paper. It's well known, or I've read it, that if you put things down on paper, it can help you get them out and see them from a fresh perspective. So if you have been through difficulties, and we've all been through difficulties, I don't know anybody who hasn't. Certainly a lot of people are good at hiding it. But there are people, everyone has a burden. Everyone has something that they have to carry. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. But if you've ever thought, okay, there's something I could do. I like reading. I like reading stories. I like reading magazines. You know, I like reading books. Whatever it is you like reading, that you could say, okay, I could write that story. I like those magazines. I could write magazine articles. That you do something that will help you express. It could be a story from your local community. 
change the names and the faces so people don't come after you. <laughs> but you could you could write something about, or you could write your own life about the difficulties you've gone through, your memoir about what's happened to you, what you've been faced through, and uh, it can really help. And I agree with Laurie. It really provided me with a way to face uh, the later decades of my life with some real purpose, that it wasn't just about trying to make money and do well in a job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got fired a couple of times, you know, so it's really, it, life can be really hard going, you know, particularly if there's a recession going on, there's difficulties, you know, I was fired 20 years ago, lost my job, couldn't get another job, but I needed something else that you, that I could believe in. And I know you know, going through a hard time, running out of money, facing all that, that if you have this extra thing that's happening to you, that they can't take away from you, that your boss or the company or whatever you're working for, they can't take it away from you. You've got this little secret thing, you're writing poems or you're writing, you're writing articles, you're trying to get them into magazines, you're going to write a story, you're going to write a journal. You have this other thing that they can't take away from you. So mm -hmm. that was where I started 20 years ago, you know, after being fired and, you know, looking around, had to move city to get another job, you know, difficult times. And uh, it's provided me with not only purpose, but it's also helped me financially uh, well, in the more recent years as well. Well, very cool. And, and this is reminding me with uh, another thing I was reading this this week. Um, is it do you see the benefit or, or, or how, what is your actual physical writing process? Do you use a computer or do you actually handwrite out the the, your, well, your your pages uh, no I use a computer I'm not a great touch typist you know I thought I'd learn it better but I can I spend about uh, an hour to two hours a day uh, I work a lot and I spend about an hour to two hours a day in the early morning it's usually extra time uh, aside from my work where I can just just do as much as I can that day uh, if, if, you know, some days I have to do more work and I can't do as much or I'm tired for whatever reason and I don't do it, but most days, and what I really enjoy is, uh, going to bed and feeling a sense of accomplishment. I'm put in another thousand words today. I know they're not great. I did another thousand words. That's two or three pages. And, you know, I've moved the story forward and now I've got to think what I'm going to write tomorrow. So I do it on the computer I tap away two, three, four finger tapping at the computer. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, I love that because so many people think they have to be this perfect typist and they have to do it this way or have to do it that way. And, you know, it's, it's so not true. I mean, one of the things that I, I switch back and forth personally between handwriting and typing. Well, and I've heard that there's, it's really, there's health benefits while we're talking about health, that it actually, the, the physical writing process is, is uh, like, it really connects to your brain differently. It, it does. Like that's one of the things that I recommend if somebody is feeling stuck to switch back and forth because it engages the brain mm -hmm. in different ways. And handwriting will often slow us down more. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a good thing. I've seen that too. The, the other thing is switching locations. 
Like mm-hmm. there's something about just being in a different chair at the table or being in a different room of the house or being, you know, the mm-hmm. energy shifts. So there's things we can do if there's a writer's block issue. But it's like, and if you're working on a song, maybe try a different guitar, you know, or something like that. <laughs> Says <laughs> so. the musician. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, different exactly. guitars have different things to say, you know. Exactly. And then, you know, and then I just turn on the recorder and do it that way. So anyway. you know, this this year has been so much about. I mean, just so many people going through major transitions and being separated from loved ones and each other and all of those things. And so this idea of transformation and community is really seeming to bubble up more and more. And really curious, how do you see writing being a part of this trend that's bubbling up towards transformation and community? Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, first of all, I know that when you write down your plan, that you're more likely to achieve it. So this is a connection with the whole planning thing and where you want to go to transform yourself. If you have an idea in your head, I could be a musician, for instance, or I could be whatever, you want to be, um, that if you write down your plan, put it on a page, if you write down the details, where I'm going to be, how I'm going to do it, you're more likely to achieve that. So this is a, a, a strange and, and real way that planning and writing can impact on your transformation this year. Write it down, keep it somewhere safe, I've also heard you can attach pictures to it and just to make it feel more real. And that that I think the reason it works is because it makes it tangible and it's like a commitment to yourself. If you say, OK, I'm going to do this. And the first step is to go on a training course. I got to get in touch with the library. I got to find this. I got to do that. So you put down your steps and then you've got something. So it's rather than just being an idea at the back of your head, you have your steps. This is part of writing, is planning. And the other thing about transformation, about writing, there's another aspect, which are things like love letters, okay? Mm. Letters to your family, letters to your children, letters to the one that's important to you, the person that's important to you. And I think letters, uh, emails are okay, but letters are good too, cards, letters, writing, the whole process of putting your thoughts down on paper sending them to people, whatever way you want to express yourself. So there's so many different aspects of getting, helping you with your transformation by putting it down on paper. You could end up with a 10-page plan or just a half-page plan. It's up to you. So helping your transformation by writing it down and helping your community as well by coming together with other people and talking to people about what you're doing with your writing. Nice. That's really, really cool. And it's so, I didn't really plan on your being here to advertise for my uh, children's book, but that's exactly <laughs> what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Lawrence. I, I appreciate that. It's, you know, and 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 so what's what that's reminding me of is the importance I think of instilling this value as a, a, a creating that writing process to create those connections as a value that we can be instilling early. You know, in our in our kids, in our and 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 to have that be something. But my my question lately is that. You know, I'm I'm asking uh, 
grandparents and 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 adults and myself you know what are the 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 top 100 uh, events of my life you know where's the list do i have a list of the top 100 you know and i i don't you know and i wish i look back over my life and i think you know i've had so many great things but if i had to sit here and tell someone about five of them you know I don't know that I'd be able to do it, you know, right away. You know, you have to think about it for a while. But why don't we have that that habit? Why don't why isn't that instilled in us from an early age to just jot those moments down? You know, well, it, and it's not just keeping a record of our own lives. I mean, one of the things I, I love that you brought up. I want to say sort of the old-fashioned approach of writing note mm-hmm. cards and letters, exactly. but I think that makes them that much more special. You know, and I remember years ago, I had I was invited uh, in a particular situation to write a letter to a dear friend, letting her know how much she meant to me and the things that she had done for me over the years and sent it to uh, it was a conference she was going to. So she would receive it there. And so I did that. And when she came back, she let me know just how absolutely dear it was to her. I mean, she knew I cared. We tell each other that. But she'd had no idea until I wrote that letter to her exactly the impact she'd had on on my life. And how often we don't tell people those things. But to put that in writing and to share that with them as a gift and I know in many situations, those types of, you know, writing a letter to somebody who maybe has passed away is part of the grieving process as well as an opportunity to move on or leaving letters to our kids Hmm. if we're the ones in the process of transitioning and things. So that letter writing can be useful both for ourselves as well as for others and and it, all of that it's it actually makes it a beautiful. physical it, it creates it in the physical i, I think mm-hmm. is probably a big part of that is mm-hmm. it, it's an actual physical manifestation of the feeling then and and i just it makes sense that, that especially in this day and age right i mean you'd, you'd probably well, that goes create, back to creating the community and connection right 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 there's well and especially in this digital typed out world that we have now that you know that to to receive something handwritten is just like mm. incredible mm-hmm. well hey i um lawrence i understand that you'll be launching a health and wellness magazine this year can you tell us a bit about that well at books go social we have a lot of writers who are writing various health books. So the idea is we're going to put these together, reviews of books about health, and we're going to put these together in a magazine. It's going to be coming out at Easter. And it's for people who want to, you know, what sort of book about health, what sort of fitness book, what sort of dieting book can I read, and what other mental health and other books can I read, and give you a flavor of the different types of health books, mainly independently published, which we are now promoting at Books Go Social. So it's it's focusing on health because a lot of people are interested in that area. I think it's really important this year. So that's what we'll be doing and look forward to that. All right. And that's nice. and we're uh, the kinds of of uh, is there any range of um of health subjects that you're the, the chapters that are set up already or or yeah. uh, well we have articles they've got a variety of people who've already uh, 
submitted or uh, have suggestions for articles, but it's still a little bit early for the details on it. But the main thing will be a selection of reviews about books about health, different aspects of health to people for people to see what types of books are being produced now. And it's an opportunity. There are a lot of people out there who want to write about health, who want to write about what they've done to improve their health know, memoirs about how they've improved their health or what they're cooking or eating. It affects a lot of things now. You know, uh, I know my wife is cooking a lot more and we've got, you know, healthy eating is really important. And so I think those things have a real impact. So we'll be including a lot of areas about healthy eating, healthy living, anything related to health. It's a big subject now. All yeah, right. Really Fantastic. I, well, I'm congratulations. Yeah, exactly. This is, That'll that's be fun. This will be, and so we'll have to get together and talk about that one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, hey, we're getting to the end of our show for today, um, but I do want to make sure listeners know how to get more information uh, about you and, and make sure that they're ready to receive the magazine too when it comes out. So what's what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. If you go to booksgosocial.com and sign up, there'll be a pop-up will come up and ask you to sign up. Would you like to be a, uh, a reader, receive free eBooks? And you can just sign up there and receive occasional emails from us. There's also links there to our training courses and our uh, site for writers as well to help you if you're a writer. Awesome. Okay, well, I can I can vouch for how valuable that site is because as a newbie author years ago, you, I found you and I've been following you ever since. So I love the work that you're doing. Books and, go social. Yep. .com. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank that, you so that, much right? for okay. being here, Lawrence. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. I got to say, I thank both of you. This is a great session and you do these really well. And it's been a joy being part of it. Thank you, well, uh, Uncle very, Mark and Lorianne. <laughs> very much thank appreciate you, you too, Lawrence, you. And, and for sharing your wisdom and, and, and all your, your experience. It's been, it's been fantastic, Lawrence. So, but before we go, we, we want to remind you that Lorianne and I are on a mission to create a world that works for everyone and uplift voices like Lawrence that, aren't typically heard, even though he's you know, worldwide. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, or an innovator who's challenging old paradigms and opening hearts and minds, we want to help you reach out to our worldwide audience. Visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. Thank you, listeners and Lawrence, for being with us today. We, we literally wouldn't be here without you. So Absolutely. thank you very much. Absolutely. And remember, until next time. Wherever you are. There's always time. For remembering to rise, rise and, shine. and shine. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining.